The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, someone who doesn't have to hide in a trench coat, Ryan Nelson. Justin, my hope is at the end of episode six that we find out that Tala has been keeping Obi-Wan very busy in those caves. <laughs> that would be something to, to find out, to, to say the least. So, uh, look, they, hey, they've been making goo-goo eyes at each they, other quite kinda, a bit. They kind of have. And he's always he's always kind of had kind of the little, like, playboy wannabe vibes. So we'll, we'll have to see yeah. if that comes to fruition. Well, I, I will say good for him if he pulls that off. <laughs> uh, if you have been listening to our podcast since we started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you are new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the fourth episode of Disney Plus's uh, Star Wars show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. If you are new or regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review over there on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review, we'll read it on air next time we record. And that, look, guys, that goes a huge, that goes a long, long way in getting our podcast in the ears of other listeners. So even if you don't have time to write a review, just uh, scroll on down to the bottom of our show and just click on that little five stars. And it won't show up until the next day, but it'll show up eventually. So it would help us out a lot, and we would really, really appreciate it. So. All right, we are discussing after a week-long hiatus. We appreciate you. Uh, I was on vacation, so we appreciate you guys uh, taking a little break with us. But uh, we are coming back, and we are talking about the fourth episode of Obi Wan. Uh, we both had this at a pretty strong, solid loss. We've been enjoying the show. Where are you with the fourth episode of the show, Ryan? Yeah, I think I, I think I'm still really enjoying it. Uh, this episode was a lot of fun. It really uh, felt like uh the the first star Wars, the original star wars movie to me which uh, i will talk about later on there's uh, maybe a theory behind that I, i've really enjoyed it and uh my friend and podcast listener brian mcduff brought up a good point imagine in 1996 if you were told there would be an obi-wan tv show <laughs> starring one of the drugged out guys from train spotting and who, I, who, who was uh, Ewan McGregor was in Transporter. Oh, was he? Okay, I never saw yeah. Transporter. Yeah, uh, and Ice Cube's son, and James Earl oh, Jones right. is yeah. still alive. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's weird that all these things are taking place. Now, uh, there's yeah. one thing we need to clarify. It is, yes, it is James Earl Jones's voice, but that is not actually, yeah. he didn't actually deliver the lines. He, he's just doing, they're doing the deep fake thing with uh, his voice for this. So, uh, and I wasn't, I thought that might have been the case, but I wasn't 100% certain yeah. when the last recorded about this show. But that, that is indeed the case. They are just doing a deep fake on his well, voice. Well, good news, he is still alive at 90. Yeah, he is still alive. So we're, we're glad what you're still with us, James. Yes, we are. We, we, it'll, be a, it'll be a sad day when James Earl Jones departs. So, uh, I, I have enjoyed the show immensely. I will say this this is by far, by far, my least favorite episode. <laughs> uh, I, I, can, some, I can see why. I can I've see got why. some issues with this one. Uh, I've been saying, you know, I think this game, the show could get to a Game of Thrones. If they just keep on the pace that they've been going on, and now I'm like, okay, I'm a little worried, uh, just a touch worried. But overall, I still like the show. Don't get me wrong, but I had some issues with the show. So, uh, so let's just kind of get into it real quick. One, one of the first things that jumped to mind when I started watching this because the first thing they open you up with is Obi Wan in the back to tank. And look, I'm starting to think that the back to tank is becoming too much of a cop out. <laughs> I mean, it's every time somebody's injured. They're in the back to tank and they're perfectly fine if they're being in the back to tank. The problem I have with this is that's like what Darth Vader spends all of his time when he's not being Darth Vader in and he still right. has his scars. Like, yeah, I, I was th- I was thinking the same thing because this like we've seen it in Boba Fett. Didn't Mando use it as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he didn't use a back to tank. He used a uh, the IG-11 at the end of the first season. Okay. He like had a, a, basically what was going to be a fatal wound, but he like sprayed some back to spray on it i mean well, uh, basically the we, same we, thing though and then we saw timothy elephant's hair r- r- was yeah. able to so <laughs> thank god thank <laughs> god it was able to survive that's but, right i mean you, you know that's a very good point because everyone else is like boba fett was immediately fine right you know and so uh but but like you mentioned darth vader is constantly in there yeah, he's constantly in there. I mean, and like I said, I don't expect him to grow his arms and legs back that he lost in the fight with Obi Wan and in, in at the end of Episode Three. Don't get me wrong, I don't, don't under, don't misunderstand that. What I'm saying is, why are his scars not healing? Why, why does he still have to be in the suit if he's going to, if he's in the back to tank so much? I mean, that's kind of a minor quibble, but it does kind of set up some of the things that they have issues. Now, look, in terms of story wise, I think they're doing an okay job. I think they're doing perfectly fine. But one of the issues I'm having in a and I didn't really ha- see this issue, and it really kind of became, I think it was a little bit harder to notice for me in the first three episodes. And part of it is because of all of the racist crap that Moses Ingram was dealing with. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to not like the third sister. I, I thought she was a, a good villain at first, but with her, with the rest of the Inquisitors and that and that conflict and that tension between her, the Grand Inquisitor, I think that really helped her character. We didn't really get much of her though in the third in the third episode because we got all all that stuff with Darth Vader. This episode, it's much more her as the main antagonist. I I, I just don't find her that compelling anymore. Uh, well, I, and I don't know. I, it's I can understand. Yeah, I don't think it's her. I think it's the writing because yes. she doesn't look like she's very good at her job. How did she not figure right. out this this child is force sensitive when exactly. she was you know running laps around her immediately? Right. That, that's one of the biggest issues I have. She doesn't seem like she's very good at her job. And one of the things I've heard from people who had watched the, the animated series Rebels, that the Inquisitors aren't very good. And I'm starting to see that. I yeah. mean, they are coming across as pretty incompetent. And I can kind of see and there's a video game called Vault, uh, 
fallen order i think is what it's called and the main one of the main antagonists is an inquisitor and like at the end of that game darth vader like chokes one out and kills it because he, he was unsuccessful or i can't remember if it was a he or she but the inquisitor was unsuccessful in their attempt to capture cal kestis which is the 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 guy you're controlling in that video game so they wherever they have been they have not been a very good villain they're coming across really bad as villain I was going to ask too, was she really going to kill Darth Vader's child? Well, that's what, that is another issue. I I need to go back and watch episode two because there were part two. I need to start calling it like they're calling it because they don't call it episodes. But in part two, I thought she had mentioned something along the lines that she discovered that Darth Vader, this Leia was Darth Vader's daughter. I thought that was, unless unless I misunderstood what she was saying. Because it sounded like she knew that this is Vader's daughter. And if that's the case, why are you not just turning her over to Vader? I mean, that's I, I thought, one of my I biggest thought, issues. I thought the same thing. And then, like I said, she was about to kill her. Why would you kill? You're, you're trying to get in good with Darth Vader. You're trying to become the Grand, is it the Grand Inquisitor? Grand right? Inquisitor, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's trying to become that. And then you're going to kill Vader's daughter? Yeah. Like at some point, he's going to find out. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't make sense. So I, I the writing on that did not help her character. No, I think it, Moses Ingram is fine. She's yeah, young. It's yeah. part of her problem, uh, you know, so maybe. But, I mean, I, I thought some of her, you know, uh, torture scenes, especially the scene where she's going toe-to-toe with uh, Tala, but also, right. I mean, uh, India, what's in, what's Tala's oh, name? I can't remember. She's really good. She's yeah, really she good. I'll if anything, she's good. I'll uh, look up and I'll go along with a couple I, of I thought. India Varma. I Varma, thought that yeah. scene. I thought that scene was really good. She, she, you know, w- was was torturing her and, and trying to intimidate her. I thought that right. was the best scene. But that also maybe because she's going in against a very good actress as well. Yeah. Well, I think part of the issue is with the writing with with uh, with the third sister Reva, whatever we want to call her. I think part of the problem is it's just a it's an issue that you have with so many shows today because the big thing that every show wants to have is they want to have a big reveal that everybody, every show has to have a big reveal. And I think they're trying to set ever since the very first episode of this, of this show where they introduced like the very first scene they give us is those, those young, uh, those young Padawan that are like running for their lives when order six, six takes place. And you see the young African-American girl who was there. And obviously I think what they are setting us up for is that she is going to be revealed as the, as Reva. And because they want to keep her backstory away from us so they can get this bigger reveal. And like I said, I could be totally wrong about this. And if, this, if I am, if this isn't, if that ends up not being the case, but that seems what most people seem to think that. Yeah. If they don't go that direction, they have made a very one-dimensional character because she is very one-dimensional. We have we don't know her backstory. We have no nuance to her to understand why she is the way she is, why she hates Jedi the way that she does. And I think it's because they're saving all that for this big reveal, and it is a detriment to her character right now because it doesn't make sense for her to want to, to hate Jedi the way that she does, to possibly kill her boss's daughter without knowing that vader can just wipe you out as quick as anything uh like i said there's just so much of this i think that is a problem and i think it's because they're trying to do this bigger reveal. look star wars has one of the best reveals ever in in empire strikes back with i am your father uh i mean so they have a little bit of a legacy to uphold but i think they're hurting their storytelling at this point by having their main antagonist 
just being this really one-dimensional character that is really kind of hard to find interesting. Can I make a just kind of a guess based on legacy? What's that? What are the chances that in this next episode we're going to find out her backstory? I would think so. I would think that at some point we're going to find it. Here's kind of what I think. At least this is what I'm hoping. because This is going to kind well, of bring me to another thing. Go ahead. And then in episode six, she pulls the Vader, Kylo Ren, and ends up helping them. No, that the could good happen. guys. No, that could happen. It, that wouldn't surprise me. If they if they go down that road, it's, it's very much aligned with the Star Wars type, mm-hmm. type storytelling. So I could see that happening. But here's the, another issue I have, because I think what, what you said is correct. I think that they are going to reveal to us, if it's not next episode, it'll be at the beginning of episode six, I think. We're going to get a flashback scene, and it's going to be those five younglings that are running through the Jedi Academy, and that's when Hayden Christensen will appear. And we'll mm-hmm. actually see him, and he'll kill the other four, and unless she pleads her undying loyalty, or he'll offer them all, plead your undying loyalty to the Empire, or something along those lines. The other four don't do it, she does. Uh, and that's where we'll see Hayden Christensen, because that's another issue I have. We got this whole love thing for Hayden Christensen after it was announced he was going to be in the show. We've seen his face twice. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like well what's the point i mean i know you and I, I talked about this at the end uh when we recorded the last time but it's a little bit frustrating at this point because that was kind mm-hmm. of one of the big selling points and then right right gotten of hayden christensen is this shadowy figure in a robe that i'm guessing obi-wan just kind of like saw a vision of him and that image of him in the back to tank and that's been it i'm like why did we bring him I, back i like your uh i i, I like the idea I, I think five is going to have some, it's going to be a flashback leading to the big battle in six. I think so. uh, I, I like, I like that idea of see somehow Hayden Christensen's involved with, uh, with, with that story, with Reva's story. Right. I, I like that. Can I, can I bring up something I heard on a ringer, the ringer podcast that kind of blew my mind and I think it's true. Yeah. So like you mentioned, these episodes are part one, part two, mm-hmm. part three, part four. If you look at all four episodes, they go in line with similar story of the first four movies. Okay. I'm trying to think. Right, this so. episode. Okay. Look that at would one. Make it all, new hope. No, no, no. Well, the first, the first. Oh, the first, okay. Okay. The okay. one, they were on Tatooine. Right. It involved a kid. Yeah. The second one, there's a big chase in a city. Yeah. Uh, there was something else in two. Three, you had the fight around with Vader and Obi-Wan, right. and you had fire. Right. Four is like New Hope. You had you had them Princess Leia is uh is being captured. Obi-Wan has to go help her. Uh, there's yeah, a big escape. Yeah. Okay, so if, if you look at this, five would be Empire Strikes Back. Right. We we see Yoda, you know, we have training, which mm. could be Qui-Gon. Yeah. And then also we see Vader do something, you know, horrific and with yeah. a big attack. Yeah. So, and there's a big reveal. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just throwing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So when they mentioned that, I was like, wow, it really does line up with those movies. Yeah. What podcast was that that you listened to? That was on the ringer, the uh, the deep dive. But okay. I haven't on, listened to uh, that one yet. That's why I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. It was on Reddit. Of course, because yeah. they okay. always figure out 
everything. They did. Everybody figures everything yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So, but like I said, when I heard that, I was like, wow, this really does make sense. So uh, with what you're saying, I, I, I like your idea. I, I think uh, now we'll probably be wrong. Oh. Our track record is terrible. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Our okay. track record is horrific. That's okay. But, That's- uh, I like hey, it. Hey, we got that. We got that one night sky prediction right. So hey, that's right. We sure did. We sure did. Uh, but uh, no, I like that. I think I think that would be good. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm thinking that that they're going to go down that road with it. But one of the other issues I have with this episode is the interrogation scene where she's about ready to torture or possibly kill Leia. Look, I, what they want you to do is they want you to think, oh, no, she's about to undergo something horrible. And this is just a problem with prequels in general. I, I wasn't really that concerned just because I'm right. like, I, I know that Leia is comes out in episode four without a scratch on her. She's not nothing's about to happen to her. So any tense intensity, tension, whatever you want to call it, any drama is kind of robbed of that. That seems robbed of it just because of a. Like I said, it's not necessarily a story thing. and It's not necessarily something that can be fixed because you're doing a prequel it's just something that is part of it you know that she's going to be fine she's going to come out without a scratch on her just as a result of knowing the rest of the story so that is a very good point especially when you compact it with the next scene i actually thought tala was going to die yeah i did too Mm -hmm. i thought she might die uh, Mm -hmm. yeah so you know i really was concerned for her uh so but you're, you're right though you know what happens uh right. so i'm just like she's not gonna kill her what what's in this now yeah uh, so like I said, that there are some issues and we're gonna have another issue that we're gonna talk about in a little bit but yeah. there are some good things in this i like the when look i liked obi-wan kind of finding his groove back i mean that could kind of be the, the actual that they did mm-hmm. the titles of yeah this could be how obi got his groove back uh because we're, we're starting to see a little bit more of Obi-Wan looking like the Obi-Wan we expected him to be. He's no longer, they even have this sequence at the beginning of this thing where he's like practicing using the force, kind of like Luke did uh, when he first started trying. So we're, we're seeing him get his force abilities back, seeing him kind of remember, you know, you know, going through these hallways of this base where he's being like a spy, kind of a James Bond type uh character as well this that was parts of it that i enjoyed i did enjoy that part of it i thought it was really good i thought when he went down and discovered all those jedi in the amber uh yeah i thought that was really interesting look there was only one that i've heard of that people were supposed to recognize there was a guy from the clone wars who was part of the jedi council i can't remember which one it was i think it was like the very first one they showed but they showed this youngling in there uh so i'm like is that one of the ones that reva who we think is Reva anyway that was trying to escape with uh are they actually dead is this like the precursor to the carbon thing that they did to han solo uh or and they could actually come out of that is this something to build up the emperor yeah, I kind of think it is. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. But like I said, I was just wondering, you know, are they are they just kind of solidified in there and they could be awakened or are they actually dead? And that's their how they're preserved. Because uh, uh, like I said, that was something that I found. I was wondering if they were going to come back and revisit it. And I, I kind of think they will, but not 100 percent positive. Yeah. So uh, but one thing I do like about this, uh, this show in this episode in general is they keep doing this. They keep taking us to different places in the empire that we're not familiar with. So this one was basically all on, uh, what's it called? Fort, uh, what was the name? You sent me the meme and they had the name of it in there. Let me oh, pull yeah. that up real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fortress well, Inquisitorious. Yeah. 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 Well, we also 
started out where uh, the the uh, the path. Yeah, that we started off with the path, and we haven't really talked yeah. that much about the path. And it's yeah. it's basically what I thought it was because uh, that's has Ice Cube. That was Ice Cube's son, right? What was yeah, O'Shea name? Jackson Jr. O'Shea Jackson Jr. So he's kind of I'm not sure if he's the actual leader, but he's one of like the main guys for the path. And it's basically like I described it. It's a an underground railroad for young Jedi or force sensitive kids anyway. Uh, and you know, we don't really know. He he intimates that. His wife uh, was fallen victim, and we don't know if she was actually a Jedi, if she was just force sensitive, or or whatnot. But you know, that's the, one of the reasons why he's doing this. He's trying to help these people, as you know, any kid that can float a rock, as he as he uh, so eloquently described it. Uh, you know, I liked his character. We didn't get much of yeah. him. I'm hoping we'll get more. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming because he he's actually doing really well. Yeah, uh, you know, acting wise. So and so, w- what a welcome addition he is. But yeah, he didn't have a big part. But he also had the Star Wars trope of "I'm not, I'm not doing this." Right. And then a second later, I'm in. I'm doing it. Yeah. Now was yeah. he the one that got it, shot it, down? No, no, that was, okay, uh, that was Wade. Okay. Rest in peace. Okay. Got it. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but and then they also added uh, Sully, who is Maya Erskine, who is a comedic actress. She's on a show that's uh, very popular on Hulu called Pen 15, oh, really? where they're, where they're telling the story uh, about it's about how they were when they were 15. So they're 30 year olds acting right. like 15. So it's that's supposed cool. to be really funny. And she was actually in a really fun movie with, uh, with Jack Quaid from the boys called plus one it's on Hulu too. It's a romantic comedy, but it's uh it's it's was really funny. So kudos to this show of adding younger actors right. that are on their way up and, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. adding them to the class. So you know, like like I said, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is doing extremely well. So to have him in here is a big plus. Yeah, I, like I said, I thought he was I thought he was good. I thought his his role was interesting to you know kind of flesh out this idea of this this thing called the path a little bit more. It gave us a little bit more context into into what it was and you know what they the odds they were up against and the, and the stakes they were up against. So like I said, I like that. Uh, I liked the. I like the scene where Obi-Wan is using the force to hold that, hold that water back. And then when he finally lets go, you see those, those stormtrooper bodies floating around in, in the water. Uh, I do enjoy the fact that the stormtroopers continue to show that they are, that they suck at their job. And I don't know how the empire, uh, how the empire continued to like reign for so long with these horrible, horrible stormtroopers that are just bad at their job. I mean, they're so bad. And then also empire craftsmanship, always bad. Always bad. Always bad. Like and how how did they take over? They're terrible at everything. Yes, they, they are. They're absolutely terrible. Uh, another interesting thing uh, you mentioned that, but their security is also pretty bad because in that yes. same in that same game that I mentioned, uh, Fallen Order, uh, one of the ways that the you have to like break into that same fortress, uh, Fortress Inquisitoris. Uh, Cal Kestis has to use those breathing reed things that Obi-Wan usually had to swim under. So mm-hmm. five years after Cal Kestis did it, now Obi-Wan's doing it. Uh, so like that. They, they haven't fixed that yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, if I'm ever taken hostage, I hope it's an empire prison because you at least have a decent shot of getting out. You got a chance. <laughs> you got a yeah, you chance. have a chance. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, there, there are things about this I did enjoy, but there are things about it I, I didn't. Uh, one of the things I did not like, and probably my the least one of my least favorite things I will ever see in a Star Wars, and you sent me the meme about it. So they finally get to Leia. They, they break her out. Uh and the way they hide her is they hide her under Obi-Wan's robe. I'm like, 
Really? <laughs> Are we really doing this? Is this really believe? And for the most part, they're just walking by. Look, yeah. I guess we can. He looks ridiculous. He does. He looks absolutely ridiculous. And then and she guess, keeps peeking out. Yeah, no, she kept peeking out, looking around, looking around. Like, I guess we can just chalk this up to the the stormtroopers being back their jobs again. But <laughs> because it, finally, when when Reva shows up, that's when you know she kind of calls them out. But like. They could they not think of a better way to do this than than hiding her under a trench coat is basically what it was. Right. <laughs> and, and and the meme I've seen it all over uh, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter. It's uh it's the comedian Eric Andre wearing a top hat and a trench coat, right. and he's got stilts on. <laughs> and yes. He really does look like Obi Wan. He does. He, he that's the way he looked at walking through yeah. that. The, through that 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 air that uh air landing strip or whatever you want to call it in, in yeah. that base i'm like what, what are we doing here people what are we doing uh so like this was easily my least favorite and I, I was curious if i was alone in this so i went and looked up some of the scores uh imdb it is easily the lowest rated most of the episodes are rated 7.5 or higher uh some are close to eight this one is like 6.4 6.3 yeah and that's so, only going to get worse let's look it up right now when was when was the last time you looked it up uh it's been a couple of days so it's it's, yeah, it's it may have gotten gonna get worse so let's see imdb.com so it's yeah. still 6.4. Okay, so it's still there. But yeah, so like I said, it's it's definitely was not as well received as as the previous ones. Which, like I said, I can completely understand having watched it. Look, look, in general, I don't think it ruins the show. Don't I don't want no, people to misunderstand no. that. But it's look, I listened to I, I did listen to the instant reaction podcast that the Midnight Boys did on 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 uh, on the Ringiverse. And one of the things they mentioned is, you know, Disney Plus, they do seem to have this issue where their middle episodes are a little bit, they kind of sag a little bit. And this might be just one of those issues. Like, I loved episode three, but episode four, like I said, it was to go from easily my favorite episode to easily my least favorite. Uh, it was kind of a, a bit of a shock because I just didn't expect that big of a drop off. And we got a pretty big drop off on this one. Well, it also doesn't help when Darth Vader is in very little. He's in probably mm -hmm. what three, four minutes stops. At, At the end, he yeah. has he has a good scene, but we have very little. And then, of course, that damn Lola strikes again. That toy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot about Lola, uh, but I do want to talk about Star Vader. Now that you mentioned him, I don't want to forget about him. The one thing that they are getting right on the show is just how terrifying Darth Vader is supposed to be. Because uh, I mean, seeing mm -hmm. him grab Reva and just throw her up in the air, have him, have her in a in a, uh, a force choke. I mean, it just continues to show that you do not want to mess up if you're dealing with Darth Vader because it will end poorly for you. Right, and I don't know who was in the suit, but that dude had to be about seven foot tall because he looked yeah. gigantic. Yeah, like I said, I, I guess it's not hidden Christians, or they're putting him on stilts, one of the two. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, and that's just the way he's supposed to be because the guy who played him originally, who was originally in the suit, I think he was like seven feet tall. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So they've got to do things to make him kind of look that same imposing figure that the original guy had, so... Uh, but you know, obviously though, he lets her go because when he tells, that's when Reba says, you know, I put a tracker onto, onto their ship. So now we can find them. Uh, and it's weird that they're kind of changing motivation because it was for both Reba and, and, uh, Darth Vader. It was, we have to find Obi-Wan. We want to find Obi-Wan. Nothing else matters except Obi-Wan. But now it's like, okay, well, okay, Obi-Wan, whatever. But now we'll find all these other Jedi. So like I said, right. it, it, it's weird that they're changing their motivation. Not that big of a deal. I mean, it kind of makes sense. But I mean, when they were so intent on just finding Obi-Wan for the first three episodes, 
and now they're changing that a little bit. It's it's a little bit of an issue. It's not huge, but it is a little bit of an issue for me. But like no, I said, I did, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I did like what Vader, I love what they were doing with Vader in, in this episode. Even if it wasn't much, I still like what they were doing. One other thing I want to bring back, they brought back the snow speeders. My favorite, favorite, favorite Jedi uh, outside of out, at least like fighter ship. I'm not talking about, um, Obviously, the William Falcon would be my favorite ship, but favorite yeah. fighter ship, just like when you talk about X Wings, uh, whatever. What, what's the name of the one that the stormtroopers use? Um, Crud, what's the name of their ship? Uh, uh, I can, I'll look it up, but I, yeah, those are cool too. Uh, but uh, you know, those, but the one I have loved the most is the Snowspeeder from Empire Strikes Back. They show up and they, they're the ones that save the day. Uh, I'll, you know, the only thing I would have loved more is if they had, had those little grappling hooks and they had wrapped around some of the AT-AT walkers. That would have just made my day. But yeah, uh, uh, but yes, I love seeing the Snowspeeder come back because I, I don't think we've seen that ship or that fighter in any other Star Wars except for Empire Strikes Back, if I'm not mistaken. So like I said, it, it was my favorite of the, all the fighters out there. I liked it better than X-Wing. I like it better than... Um, the uh the Naboo Starfighters they had in the first three episodes. It, it was my favorite. They just don't ever use it anymore. So I hate the fact that they they haven't used it very much. But the scene and they, was great. And and they saved the day. That was that was a cool scene. That was it was a cool scene. So but and obviously some Pete's Wade. Yeah, and I, let me get and that kind of goes back into what I was talking about a second ago. I mean, when they're sitting there, they you know they have them dead rights, but I'm like, okay, well, they're gonna get out of it. So uh, just yeah, how yeah. are they gonna get out of it is is so and like I said, it's not an issue that they can really avoid. We know the rest of the story just because it's a prequel and it's it will always be a prequel issue. So like I said, it's it's not that big of a deal, but it just does take away some of the intensity and the tension that you're supposed to get when you know that they're gonna make it out perfectly fine. So uh, but that's just kind of me. So, uh, what else you want to talk about with this before we get on to the awards? Um, I think, yeah. So let's just talk real quick. So we think this next episode flashbacks, but really the big battle is going to be the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I, okay. I think I think yeah. that will happen in episode six. I couldn't. I would. I would not be terribly surprised if we get like an entire flashback episode in episode five. To be perfect. Yeah, honest. I feel like Liam Neeson is coming this one. Yeah, they're running out of time because I didn't mention that. That was the one thing I did notice. There was no mention of uh, Master Qui-Gon and him trying to channel mm-hmm. Qui-Gon. So, but as he's getting more in tune with the Force, I would imagine that he will be more successful and be able to actually pull Qui-Gon from the depths or wherever it is. Or however they go about doing that. But uh, So I will be interested when they pull him in. If they pull him in in episode five or they wait till episode six, I'll be interested because he's got to make a, 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 a comeback based off of what they've what they yeah. down. If they don't, it's a, it's a failure. It would be a huge failure. And uh, I saw something that Liam Neeson is doing. Uh, I know he has already previously done not a Star Wars TV show, but another streaming on Netflix. So it would be really bad if, if we can't get him because, yeah, you know, he, he could do a quit doing a bad movie for a week <laughs> to get him yeah. on here. But I, I have a, I have a, uh, which I uh, mentioned before, I love Liam Neeson bad movies. So that's okay, Liam. Keep they making are, them until you're 80. Uh, but I do think, I'm, I mentioned this last episode, I have a feeling he's going to be, he, there's going to be a training, him training Obi-Wan on how to tell how to fight. I, I think that's what we're going to get. I, yeah, I, I think so still too. think that. Yeah, I think we're going to get something from him. Uh, even like, I try to think of what you know what the Force Ghosts have done for 
for Luke and all the other movies. And really, I mean, if nothing else, they're like basically trying to, they kind of re-inspire him. They just, you know, remind yeah. him what he's supposed to, what he's capable of, what he should do, his mission and all those types of things. So at least we should at least get a Qui-Gon pep talk at some point at the very least. Yeah. So, and well, let's I, hope I, he's got, and I hope he's got the man bond looking good like oh, yeah. he did in the first movie. Oh yeah. But they'll, they'll have a wig for him. How good of a wig it'll be. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to see on that. So. All right, so let's move on to those weekly awards then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this was the shortest episode of all of them, so there's not quite as much to talk 35 about. 35 minutes, yeah. Uh, all right, so first up is our MVP of the week, the Tyrion Lannister. Who was your Tyrion Lannister for the fourth part of Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know, this may be the only time that somebody besides Ewan can get one. I'm going to go with uh, India Varma as yeah. Paula. I thought oh, I she was really, really good. Yeah, she was. She was. She she was really good, and she needed. She had the most complicated role because she had to. I mean, she had to kind of go double agent a couple of times there. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I enjoyed her performance. Obi Wan was good. I, I I like seeing him get his his kind of get more comfortable, more uh, used to see basically what we're used to and with seeing with Obi Wan. I like seeing that, but like I said, I think her. I think her role was the most difficult this week, and therefore I think she deserved to be the MVP of it. So. Yeah, and I almost use this as the line of the week, but when she uh, was going through, and she and she told that the guy that like you will address me as sir, right. I was like, "Dang, <laughs> yes, that yes, ma'am, yes, sir, mm -hmm. excuse me." That's right. <laughs> uh, next is our Agatha all along. What's your favorite scene of the week? Mine was kind of like you mentioned, the uh, Obi-Wan gets his groove back. It was dark. Right. And then all of a sudden he pops up and you see the light of his lightsaber and he takes out those two guys and he yeah. looks like mm -hmm. he's he's back to himself. I thought that was just awesome. Yeah, I thought it was too. Uh, I went with I went with the uh, I went with, I guess that, I guess it's the same scene. No, it's a little bit it's different. I went with the hallway scene where he's holding the water back uh, just because I'm like, well, once again, there's a little bit of the, you know, the intensity is taken away because, you know, he's going to escape. But I just like seeing the fact that he is able to do the things that we expect Obi-Wan Kenobi to do from episode two and three. Uh, so I enjoyed seeing him be able to do that. And that was one of my, that was probably my favorite scene. All right, best line of the week. If you come at the king, you best not miss. What was your best line of the week? I'm going to go with uh, Leia. It looks like uh, Rava has her. She's convinced her that Obi-Wan is dead, so you might as well tell me everything. And she says, all right, I'll tell you where they are, but let me call my father first since we're on the same side. Right. I like so that's when, you yeah, that's when you realize, uh-oh, you ain't got nothing on this kid. Right. Even though she was still looked like she was still going to go through mm -hmm. it anyway, but yeah, I, I went with that one as well, just because. Uh, look, I, I, we didn't really talk that much about this, but I mean it, that whole interrogation scene is another reason why it kind of wonders the Inquisitors are very good at their job because they're supposed to be able to interrogate people using the Force, and they couldn't even interrogate this little girl, and that should, right. be, that should be another thing that tells them that she's Force sensitive. So. Uh, lots of issues there, but nevertheless, like I said, overall, I still like the show, but this was, this was a rough one for me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so we don't rate, we don't give an overall rating in terms of the, each episode, but we just kind of give a rating for where we currently are at the top of our rating list is a game of Thrones. If it is the best of the best, 
Then we call it a Game of Thrones. Right beneath Game of Thrones is Lost. At the middle of the road is Friends. Just beneath Friends is Full House. And at the bottom of the barrel is uh, Baywatch. So you ha- we both had it at Lost coming after episode three or part three. And where are you with it so far? I'm still going to have it as Lost. I know this episode, you know, kind of wasn't as good, but I'm still really enjoying it. And maybe yeah. because maybe Boba Fett and and Moon Knight weren't, they weren't as consistently fun and enjoyable. Mm. I, I'm still really enjoying this. I, I know it has issues, right? but uh, you know, I, I, I know there's, Ewan McGregor wants to do a season two and I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I, I still have it as a loss, but it is a much lower loss than it was was previously. It could have it it could have gotten to a Game of Thrones this week, but with an episode like this that just I had a lot of issues with, it, it has to go. It has to stay down at a loss. Uh, I will say this: it doesn't need to have too many more of these, or else it's going to drop even more. So uh, yeah. it could drop down to a friends if they if they put out a few more. They do if you take a few more questionable decisions on this thing. So, uh, but no, I still keep it as lost. Uh, it's like I said, it's teetering a little bit on that on that lost category for me, but it's still there to say the least. So, all right, we also like to do recommendations for our first podcast of the week. So, what recommendations do you have for our listeners? So, I've got two that involve comedy. The first one is there is, and they're both on Netflix. The first one there is a Bob Saget tribute on oh, really? uh, on. Um, Netflix, I can't remember. It's called Daddy Daddy's Disturbed or something like that. But it's from the comedy store. It was, you know, not long after it's, he passed away. And it's hosted by John Stamos, Jeff Ross, uh, Jim Carrey, oh, really? uh, who hasn't done stand-up in a long yeah, time, a long and uh, time. Chris Rock. And Chris Rock, in fact, it's kind of a roast, too. They, they make fun of Bob Saga. They make right. fun of it, each other. A lot of making fun of Jeff Ross, if you know Jeff Ross. But at one point, Chris Rock goes, who else do I have to kill to get you on stage, Jim Carrey? <laughs> do I need to go kill Eddie Murphy? <laughs> because oh, uh, he doesn't do stand-up. But it was it was really good. Bob Saget's uh, family is there. There are other members. John Mayer. Uh, and Jackson Brown sing some songs. They have other famous people come in and do clips, Michael Keaton. But, you know, it's about an hour. It is really nice. And you find out how uh, nice Bob Saget was to each of these people right. at mm-hmm. different parts of their lives. Like Michael Keaton, uh, Jim Carrey were young comedians around the same time Bob was. And he was actually a good influence. And then you find out he was nice to, you know, the Chris Rocks and the, and the comedians that were on their way up. So uh, just r- really nice. And you learn a lot about Bob Sackett from this. Right. From this. My second one is Norm MacDonald's Last Stand Up. I, I watched it. Is it on? Uh, it is on Netflix. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, it is, I it's very interesting. So it takes, it takes place. In 2020, he has a set ready to go, but he's having surgery the next day. And you can tell he is not sure. He, I think it's, he, he wasn't sure he's going to live through the surgery. Really? So he wanted to do this set. And so he films it on Zoom where he's talking into a camera. There's no audience. It's just him talking. And I'm going to tell you, Norm McDonald is about the only person that can make this funny because <laughs> with the stuff he does with his face – is hilarious and it's right. an it's about 45 minutes 50 minutes set and some of it is hilarious some of it is just weird but it's norm that's and uh, Donald, you though. you will enjoy it uh and like i said he talks a lot about death and stuff so he obviously was feeling something right. uh he ends up not dying at that yeah. point and then ends up doing a little bit more stand up but 
what really is good as well afterwards they bring it to a, a room and it's adam sandler david spade conan o'brien dave chappelle molly shannon and david letterman they had just watched it right. and then they discussed their memories in norm mcdonald and about the set and you can tell adam sandler has been bawling because right. you, you get the feeling it, once you watch this adam sandler probably knew him best of anyone yeah. and they all have great memories and they and norm is just nothing like you would think he would be right. <laughs> he's just an interesting human being so uh it's it's uh i think that one's about an hour and a half but it is really worth watching just that last stand up alone i, I no one else could do the zoom like that because there's no laughter but his right. face just the stuff he does with his face and and his i, I just the old time and voice, they talk about it like Conan O'Brien, like he talks like somebody from the 30s. <laughs> and like he was supposed to be the most well-read person that anyone right. knows. But for some reason, he acts like he's an idiot. So, <laughs> but, you know, Norm being Norm, but uh, just fantastic. The last thing, I think I mentioned this, I went and saw Garth Brooks, his stadium tour. Yes. Incredible. Man, it was the man put on a two hour <laughs> and 45 minute show. I don't know how he does it. He's running around. He's doing his hits. He's doing cover songs of rock songs. You will have a great time. Even if you're not the biggest Garth Brooks fan, you will love it. So if he's around your area, I would recommend checking him out. All right. So uh, I, have, do I, have? I think I have two or three. All right. So first thing I want to recommend is we didn't have uh, this. When we were on vacation. This is the fifth time we've written at a condo from, uh, from some beach place. And, Every single time, it amazes me that none of these people that we rent them from, they don't have like any way to like stream stuff. Like they've got like regular old TVs and they don't have Roku's or anything like that. So we're, we're just, you know, for the most part, we had to like just rely on just regular old cable television. I haven't had cable television in forever. But uh, so we're just kind of sitting around and there's not a whole lot that we want to watch, but we end up putting on like if we were all sitting around at, at night, uh, we ended up putting on uh, the game show network. Uh, and like the one thing that we loved as a family is watching the new episodes, they're reruns still, but they're still, they're the newest episodes of family feud with, um, Oh, who's the Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey. Thank you. Uh, just look, most of the time it's, you know, kind of casually funny, but there are some times when they give some of those answers that are just absolutely oh, man, hilarious. He's really good as a host. Too. He's really good as a host. He, he's the first host that they've ever had that will truly like make fun of the answers. that they give Yes. yes. Uh, so like I said, if, look, if you don't have anything else better to do uh, and it's like, it comes on at eight o'clock central here. So nine o'clock Eastern. Um, if you don't have anything better to do, you can't find anything to watch, you know, and it's eight o'clock or nine o'clock, wherever you live, turn on the game show network and, and watch Steve Harvey just roast his contestants. Yeah. It, it, it's really, really kind of funny. There was, there were some just absolutely hysterical moments in it when I was watching that show. Uh, like my, my son has never heard me laugh the way that I laughed at through, through, through some of them. So that, that's one thing I would recommend. Uh, second thing I want to recommend, I, look, I've talked in the show that I really didn't know what, to expect or what to do with with Ms. Marvel. The first episode came out this past Wednesday. It's incredible. The first episode, it is easily, in my opinion, the best premiere of all the Marvel shows. Uh, you know, I, th I think a lot of people thought this was going to be a like an iCarly type show with superpowers yeah. and that's not what it is it's more like a wonder years type show with 
with superpowers. Uh, it's a family drama, uh, well, family drama, comedy kind of thing. Uh, but look, people, uh, I, here's the one thing I saw a lot of people, whenever whenever I've read reviews on this, in the comments, there are people say, I'm not the target audience. Look, you're the target audience if you're a Marvel fan. If you watch this, you re quickly realize this is just a Marvel show that's it's basically doing what Peter Parker never got to do in his Spider-Man movies. We're getting that whole wonderment of, oh my gosh, I'm a teenager and I have superpowers. And look, Iman Balani, who is the star who plays Miss Marvel, she is going to be absolutely incredible. She is just amazing whenever she is on. I mean, there is a ton of just incredibly original and creative storytelling they're doing. I'm, like I said, I, I was not expecting this. I was, you know, kind of thinking, eh, maybe this will be all right, maybe it won't. And it's at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes so far. Uh, I mean, I haven't found a single person who said anything bad about it. And like I said, it's 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 so much better than I thought it would be. And I'm hoping they can keep it up because that first episode was just amazing. And they didn't really do anything. I mean, they yeah. just kind of introduced the character more than anything else. They just, that's all they really did. So so uh, that's really it for me. That's in terms of recommendations. Anything else you want to add? Uh, can I tell a quick Steve Harvey story? It'll, yeah. it'll take like 30. So for some reason, my 70-year-old mother at the time found out that Steve Harvey was one of the funniest people in the world when he started hosting uh, <laughs> fam you. Family Feud. Ended up watching his, uh, his talk show as well. Loved Steve Harvey, was her favorite person. Uh, Steve Harvey came to Mississippi State one time. I can't remember why. And one of his famous, those family feed clips, uh, clips was the topic was pork. And so someone wrote, you pine. <laughs> and, and it was it was one of those viral clips. And I was tailgating at Mississippi State and uh, I put, Steve Harvey, why don't you join? And I took a picture of our pork that we had. And I said, Steve Harvey, why don't you join our tail, tailgate? We've got pork, but no you pine. And Steve Harvey responded to me. Oh, did he? And, <laughs> and yeah, he quotes me to me. He's like, this is one of the funniest things I've heard. And uh, my tweet, uh, that was another one that got thousands and thousands of likes. And my mother, who thought I was an absolute idiot on social media, <laughs> when people would tell her how funny I was, thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I had to keep telling her. She would ask me, it's like, now, what did he say? <laughs> so, so thank you, Steve awesome. Harvey. I love you. Uh, my mom was proud of me for a moment. <laughs> for a moment, at least for, at least for a moment. All right, uh, guys, before we head off, we, uh, let me go ahead and tell you, we are going to cover the last four episodes of Stranger Things. We're breaking it up into two different episodes, though. Uh, we're going to cover episodes uh, four, three, six in our next show. I'll probably release it probably Tuesday morning, and then we're going to do seven by itself because seven, there's a lot that happens in episode seven. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do a, separ a separate show for it, and I'll probably release it on Thursday morning as well. So, uh, but for now, uh, anything else you want to add? Appreciate everyone joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.